Today, let's start off by talking about the Big Bang Theory. Cool! But what is the Big Bang Theory? The Big Bang Theory is a theory about how the universe was created. It is believed by many scientists, though there are people who disagree with this theory. According to the Big Bang Theory, around 13.8 billion years ago, the universe was created by a gigantic explosion of space and time itself. This explosion created matter, atoms, elements, dust, and everything else inside the universe in our current time in just a fraction of a second. However, this theory does not explain how the universe was before the Big Bang. Scientists believe that the universe was incredibly small before the explosion. The beginnings of the universe was about 380,000 years after the Big Bang, as revealed by the cosmic microwave background radiation. Two billion years later, galaxies were pretty far in the steps of formation. This means that matter clumped together rapidly after the Big Bang. But before galaxies could begin to form, light gases created by the Big Bang explosion were processed by what astronomers think was a generation of giant stars called megasuns. Unlike today's stars, these would have been made purely out of hydrogen and helium, the first elements to be created by the Big Bang. This would have made those stars grow gigantic, much larger than our sun, as those stars ran out of fuel and detonated in enormous explosions. They scattered heavier elements throughout the universe and left black holes that might have been the starting points of galaxies. Planets like Earth were made mostly from heavy elements, which were created and scattered through the galaxies by countless supernovae. This makes it unlikely that planets like Earth were formed with the early generation of stars. However, star formation would have provided leftover material that might have formed gas giant planets or faint brown dwarfed objects. But basically, the Big Bang Theory states that the universe began with an explosion. Oh... Okay, I think I have heard about this theory. So why was the universe so small before the Big Bang? How did it grow so big after the explosion? Great question. The most reasonable theory is that huge amounts of energy, the four fundamental forces, which are the gravitational force, strong nuclear force, weak nuclear force, and electromagnetic force, separated from a unified force called superforce. The shocking part is that they separated into four different energies in less than a minute. This is what caused the universe to grow so big. The best evidence for this is the presence of structure in the early universe. When the early universe was blown up, microscopic variations in temperature and density were blown up as well as everything else, and that became the seeds to today's galaxy clusters and superclusters. This is actually called inflation. That makes sense. I think I'm starting to remember the Big Bang Theory now. The Big Bang Theory was created by a physicist named um, George Gamow and his colleagues in the 1950s. 
George Kamow was an atomic physicist who helped explain how thermonuclear reactions power the stars. His knowledge of high energy nuclear physics helped him explain how different particles formed in a hot big bang. Yes, that's correct. But there is one thing that I forgot. Do you remember what were the first things created according to the Big Bang Theory? In fact, I do remember. The first things that were created were quarks and gluons. Quarks and gluons make up protons and neutrons. Protons and neutrons make up atoms. Atoms make up elements. Elements make up Earth. Oh yeah, that's super cool. Theories are always fun to talk about. In fact, I want to tell you all, the listeners, something that I've been thinking about for a long time that could be called a theory, but also could be called a fun fact. I'm sure that you know which planets are in our solar system. Well, I have a theory about them, specifically the names of the planets, that shows that a lot of stuff we have today is influenced by ancient Greece and ancient Rome. So let me go in the order of planets from the Sun. The first planet is Mercury. Mercury is actually the name of a Roman god. Mercury is the Roman god of financial gain, messages, communication, travelers, boundaries, luck, trickery, and thieves. The god Mercury also serves as the guide of souls to the underworld in Greek and Roman mythology. Mercury's Greek what do you call it? Equivalent is the Greek god Hermes. Now the second planet is Venus. Venus is also part of Roman mythology. Venus is the Roman goddess of love and beauty. You might be familiar with her Greek equivalent, Alphrodite. The next planet, my favorite planet, is Earth. Earth is not the name of a goddess, but is in fact believed to be a goddess herself. You see, in Greek mythology, there is a myth of how the ancient Greeks believed the world was created. They didn't seem to believe the Big Bang Theory, because they believed that the first god was chaos, and was the first thing in our universe. He is the one who created all the other gods. The first god, well, goddess, that he created was Gaia, the goddess of Earth. But she is not only the goddess of Earth, she is also Earth herself. Her Roman equivalent is the Roman goddess Terra. The fourth planet is Mars. Mars is the name of a god in Roman mythology. The Roman god Mars is the god of war. And as you can guess, he also has Greek equivalent, Ares. The fifth planet is Jupiter. This is where things get a little interesting. You see, Jupiter is the name of a Roman god of the sky, and is also the king of the gods. His Greek equivalent is Zeus, one of the big three. The reason why I said that this is where things get interesting is because Jupiter is the biggest planet in our solar system, and the Roman god Jupiter is the king of the gods. You see the similarity? The sixth planet is Saturn. As you can guess, Saturn is the name of a Roman god. He is the equivalent of the Greek titan Kronos. Now this is super cool because the previous planet, Jupiter, is Saturn's sun. The next planet, the seventh planet, is Uranus. Uranus is the former god 
of the sky in Greek mythology, and the second god created by chaos. There is more to the story of the ancient Greeks' myth of how the universe was created, but I won't go into that today because it's a little gory. The funny thing is, Uranus is the father of Kronos, the Greek equivalent to Saturn. So the fifth, sixth, and seventh planets in our solar system are three generations in Greek-slash-Roman mythology. These three gods are featured in the ancient Greek myth of how the universe was created. Anyway, the eighth planet is Neptune. Neptune is the Roman god of fresh water and the sea. Neptune's Greek equivalent is Poseidon. Neptune is the brother of Jupiter and one of the big three. The cool thing is that 80% of the planet Neptune is made of hot, dense fluid of icy materials, like water and other gases. Now, as I said before, Neptune is the god of basically water. You see the similarity? The last planet is a dwarf planet, but still goes into my theory. Pluto. Pluto is the Roman god of riches, and he is the ruler of the underworld. His Greek equivalent is Hades. Pluto is also a brother of Jupiter and one of the big three. Now the super awesome thing about this fun fact is that all these nine planets are basically a family tree, and here is why. Gaia, the Greek goddess of Earth, is the wife of Uranus. Uranus has a daughter, Venus. Uranus is the father of Kronos, the Greek equivalent to Saturn. Saturn is the father of Jupiter. Jupiter has two brothers, Neptune and Pluto. Jupiter's son is Mars, and his personal messenger is Mercury. That is all the planets. So my whole theory is a little bit more simpler than that. See, a long time ago, the ancient Romans conquered ancient Greece. The ancient Romans were fascinated with Greek mythology, so they adapted all the Greek gods and goddesses and just gave them different names. My theory is that the people who named the planets used names of gods and goddesses in Greek and Roman mythology. But wait, I have more evidence for my fun fact. There are also the moons of all the planets. Let's start with Earth. Earth's moon is just called the moon, but like the Earth, ancient Greeks and ancient Romans believed that the moon was a power of a goddess too. In Greek mythology, the titan Selene was believed to have the power of the moon, but since she was forgotten over time, the Greek goddess Artemis is now believed to have the power of the moon on top of being the goddess of the hunt, wilderness, and wild animals. Her Roman form is Diana. Now the planet Mars. Mars has two moons, Phobos and Deimos. In Greek mythology, Phobos and Deimos are twin brothers and are the sons of Ares, the Greek form of the Roman god Mars. The next planet is Jupiter. Jupiter has many moons, so I'm only going to make my point using four of the planet's moons. Io, Europa, Callisto, and Ganymede. In Greek mythology, Io, Europa, and Callisto were mortal girls who, simply put, were crushes of Zeus, the Greek form of the Roman god Jupiter. Ganymede was the cup barrier of Zeus. The next planet is Saturn. Saturn has many moons, but I'm only going to talk about five of them today. Titan, Enceladus, Iapetus, Mimas, and Hyperion. Saturn's Greek form is the Titan Kronos, so one of the planets named Titan is talking about Kronos himself. 
Iapetus and Hyperion in Greek mythology are direct brothers of Kronos, and Enceladus and Mimas are also his brothers, but not directly. Uranus is the only planet in our solar system whose moons were named after literature characters instead of Greek or Roman mythology. Neptune's moons are named after water gods in Greek mythology. For example, Neptune's moon Triton is named after the Greek god Triton, who is the son of Poseidon, the Greek form of the Roman god Neptune. So as you can see, even the moons of all these planets support my theory, or in other words, my fun fact. Wow, that's amazing. My fellow podcaster NSG was just talking about an interesting fun fact about planets and their names. Now, we will not be talking about the planets, but we are in fact talking about the things that planets are in. That might sound confusing for you, but just wait and we will tell you exactly what we mean. So I want to go in the order of smallest to biggest. I have heard that planets are in our solar system, but some people don't really know the definition of a solar system. Can you explain that to us? Of course. The Sun has all the celestial objects like planets, meteors, asteroids, etc. attracted towards it due to its gravitational force. This system is known as the solar system. It is a fact that the Sun is the center of the solar system. The solar system is also a part of the Milky Way galaxy. Okay, so you are saying that our solar system is part of a Milky Way galaxy. But to answer a question that might be in the mind of our listeners right now, other than planets, what are galaxies and what are in them? Good question. First of all, galaxies have a gravitational attraction that binds celestial objects like comets, planets, moons, stars, etc. Galaxies are also a home to a huge amounts of dust and many gases. Please don't think that galaxies are a bit bigger than the solar system. It is many times bigger than the solar system. So, I have had a question that I have been wondering about for a long time. I know what galaxies are in general, but I don't know the types of galaxies. I am happy to say that I can answer your wondering. There are four main types of galaxies in the universe. Spirals, barred spirals, ellipticals, and irregulars. These four types of galaxies are distinguished by shape, their unique balance of stars and other materials within it, and their display of significant features that offer clues to how they may have evolved and how they may be related. The first type of galaxy is called spiral galaxies. The hub of a spiral galaxy, which is dominated by old red and yellow stars, is surrounded by gas and dust-rich spiral arms. The space between the arms is not empty, but contains a scattered mix of stars. The arms are prominent only because they contain most of the brightest, short-lived stars. This is a clue that the arms are not permanent, but are regions of increased density that sweep around the disk, triggering starbirth as they go. The second type of galaxy is called barred spiral galaxy. The hub of a barred spiral galaxy is crossed by an elongated bar of stars from which the spiral arms emerge. Apparently, even our own Milky Way galaxy is also a barred spiral galaxy, 
but it just happens that its bar of stars is out of our line of sight. The third type of galaxy is called elliptical galaxies. Elliptical galaxies can be found in a variety of sizes. They could be really small galaxies or really large galaxies. They are huge balls of mostly old red and yellow stars, which orbits the center of the galaxy. Elliptical galaxies very rarely contain big amounts of gas, dust, or star formation. The largest star formations are found only in the center of galaxy clusters, which may be a clue to their origins. The fourth type of galaxy is called irregular galaxies. These galaxies are usually rich in gas and dust, so irregular galaxies are basically shapeless collections of stars. Some irregular galaxies might have central black holes, bars, and the beginnings of spiral arms. Irregular galaxies are most of the time sites of intense starburst activity with large glowing nebulae. The most active of these starburst galaxies are forming stars at a much faster rate than spiral galaxies. Those are the four main types of galaxies in our universe. Alright, thank you for that. So does a Milky Way galaxy have a black hole? In fact, it does. The very center of the Milky Way galaxy is home to a black hole with a mass of 3 million suns. This gigantic black hole may have cleared the region around it of stars and gas, but its gravity still affects the rotation of stars in the hub of the galaxy. Although the central black hole is dormant, the region around the Milky Way galaxy's center contains many violent objects, including super-hot stars, stellar remnants, and glowing material left by explosions around the black hole. While the galaxy is littered with stellar mass black holes left over from supernovae remnants, a much bigger secret lurks at its heart. Astronomers now think that most large galaxies have enormous black holes at their centers. Wow, that's terrifying but amazing. So with that, we shall now end our second episode. Please remember to follow and share a podcast and have a good rest of your day. Goodbye.